Welcome to the Hunt and Prosper podcast, where we provide you with the knowledge, motivation, and tools to get exactly what you want in life, business, and sport. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. So if you want it, you got to go get it. You have to hunt for it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode two of the Hunt and Prosper podcast. Here we go. What's up, my love? <laughs> Here we go. Awesome. We're long for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that introduction? It was magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. uh so here we are what um you have a really cool topic to talk about and i'm excited to dive into it with you because i think it's it's hugely important for both men and women in all aspects of life absolutely it is and so the way that this came to me about a week ago uh myself and one of my good friends who were creating retreats for both men and women but we were taking a guy through uh, an overnight retreat, helping him work through a lot of traumas, past traumas in his life. Um, you know, he was he was he was beaten so bad at one point when he was six years old that he doesn't have memories before the age of six. Which a lot of times in trauma, I have come to discover that that is very common. Like I have a friend that doesn't understand; she doesn't remember before the age of ten, and another friend who doesn't remember anything before the age of fourteen because the trauma was so bad. So he, through the course of this process, you know, we're, we're all in this together and you know, we've got some, we got some incense burnings and, and things like that. And I was letting him go through his process of remembering, recalling, and basically kind of clearing it out and, and coming to terms with it. And while he was doing that, I was watching the incense burn and if you ever watched it, it's really pretty because the smoke comes up and it literally looks like a dance of smoke. It just mm-hmm. flows and flurries. You know, in the way like you're a dancer, I like to dance. So we, we get movement and it looks like just a beautiful symphony of movement. Mm-hmm. And I started following the trail of that beautiful movement of smoke down closer and closer and closer to the incense stick. And as I followed it down, it went from this smooth, flowing, beautiful movement series to more of a streamlined, fast-burning smoke trail, and then eventually into the fire that was the incense. And it made me realize that really with, with, with most things, if not everything, you've got to go through the fire in order to get to the beauty of what's on the other side of that. You've got to go through the pain oftentimes in order to get to the freedom on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. And we experience that often, you know. Um, you know that's when you know, that's what they say. Like when you get to the top of the mountain, and then you go back home, you don't talk about the top of the mountain. You talk about all the shit that you went through on the way to the top of the mountain. Right, the whole journey, all the ups yeah, and downs, the exactly. peaks, the valleys, yeah. and the rocks, the boulders. Yes, like I, today, I was looking through all the photos of Goruk preselection. And, you know, I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to talk about the finish. I want to reminisce about all the stuff that I went through, all the pain, all the, the mind games and such. And it's, that's just what we do because that, that helps us realize what we got, what we went through, what we survived, what we persevered 
and didn't become victims of in order to be victorious. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's, and that's what I discovered with him. And when he was ready, I was able to share with him that concept. I showed him the incense and showed him how it trickled down and how it started through fire, through discomfort, through heat. And I said, man, brother, that's where you were. That's where I was. That's where we all were that went through trauma. And it's because of that trauma, not in spite of, that you're able to do what you're doing right now today. I am. You know, I don't do what I do and have learned what I've learned in spite of the things that have happened to me. It's because of those things, because I've used them. And so that's, you know, the, the title of this episode is going from victim to victor, or victory. And I shared that with him and he said, man, that's beautiful because he was able to recognize that as well. And listen, I'm not saying that you need to stare at incense and it all goes away, but helping realize that, you know, we've all gone through stuff. And I, I was giving a presentation the following Monday to a, to a leadership group and someone asked me, you know, what, what's your story? What, what, was there one thing or something specific that helped you realize the power of mindset and the power of what you're doing now, speaking on fear and stress and language? I said, no, there are a couple things. There are multiple things. And, you know, I, I wanted to create this specific podcast and talk about some people that I've worked with, but really share myself and my story of how I got to be where I am. And it isn't and wasn't without struggle and sadness and concern and wonder and questioning a lot. Humans have a tendency to forget, and I'm going to generalize here, <laughs> so hopefully nobody gets angry. But we have we are easy to fall into the mindset that one day is going to happen and we'll have everything. We we see life as one big event. Yeah. Instead of seeing each one as a step, you know, here's here's a stepping stone. Here's each a stepping, event as a stepping stone. Each each part of our life. Yeah. Right. But we, we think, okay, once I'm here, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. So we see that as one big event and we forget that all the, all the stepping stones it takes to get there, whether it's working through your trauma, whether it's taking a job that you don't really like or don't really want, but you're going to learn the skills that you need to, to yeah. move on. Yeah. Or, you know, be in a place for a six months or a year mm-hmm. that you're going to not necessarily be the happiest there, but what you're learning, the skills you're gaining from that and moving forward into, you know, whether it's the fire that they're going through or whether it's the, the learnings that they're going through, maybe it's a relationship type thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And being comfortable with feeling the feelings of emotion, sadness, worry, anxiety, stress, and understanding that those things are natural, you know? Um, but and it's part of the process. But for me, you know, it's, it started before I was born, really, because my father was a police officer that was doing search and rescue, uh, diving for a guy, and basically, long story short, didn't come back up after his final dive and drowned. And 10 days later, my mother found out that she was seven days pregnant with me. And she actually told me this story a couple of years ago. She said, you know, we, we decided once to have a child, and we tried once to have a child, and that's you. I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so, but still, you know, I, I, so I, I didn't grow up with my father. 
I grew up with a stepfather that I resented, that I did not like, that was, that really did, yeah, never complimented me. Everything was my fault. Thankfully, though, the physical abuse wasn't there, but the mental abuse was, I would rather have gotten beaten, I think, than all the, the mental games that were played with me and the, the derogatory things that were said to me, the putting down and all that stuff. So I, I had great resentment literally my entire life until probably a couple of years ago. Actually, honestly, I'm 45 years old until last spring. <laughs> literally last spring in April or March, I was able to get rid of that. But my entire life. Oh, that was... Yeah, when, yeah. We, did our, when yeah. we did our thing. Yeah. So, but my entire life, all I wanted was a father. I wanted somebody that would teach me how to do things like fathers do. You know, not get pissed at me when I don't do it right the first fucking time. You can tell I'm still, it's still in there. <laughs> it's still a little but, lingering. But I know, you know, and, but so, yeah, you know, looking back at it, I know good, bad, right, or wrong, he was doing the best he knew how to do. Could he have done it better? God, yes. I think that is one of the most difficult things to understand as a person who's diving into unwinding your past stories and the personal development. I remember when I was I was doing a retreat and we were unwinding those stories and, yeah. and seeing events that happened as a child and that person was more so an adult. Mm-hmm. And having the conversation around they were doing the best they knew how to do in that moment was one of the hardest things for me to grasp and yeah. understand because in my eyes they were the they were the adult. Yeah. They were the person who should have known better and yeah. to understand everything that they were going through, their childhood wounds, what they were dealing with in that moment that you had no idea. So right. it was what they could do at that moment. Yeah. It just it's a it was difficult for me to really settle into that. Yeah, it, it is. It's hard, you know. And like for me, I mean again, all my even into my adult years in my thirties and early forties, if I would see a father and son doing something, like bonding and doing something together, it would make me extremely sad. And I would wish that I could have that. Because I never did. You know, we we had good times, me and my stepfather, but they were rare. And it, wasn't until I was really older in my teens, but still there was there was always that thing and just waiting for him to snap, and it would happen occasionally, and that's when you did get physical. But you know, I I now understand again, and anyone listening to this realize again, I'm not saying that that physical abuse is right in any way, shape, or form. My God, but what I am saying is realize that we don't really understand the trauma that those humans went through, like what you were just saying. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what he was what he dealt with on a daily basis. As a police officer, he was a detective as well. Um, but you know what, what they had to deal with—the trauma he had as a child—and and what I know now in studying the brain, studying psychology, studying neuroscience, really understanding that that is literally the best he knew how to do. And because of that, I was able to see that and forgive, and not harbor any more resentment for it. Are there a couple moments, and I know that I'm catching you off guard here, but are there a couple moments specifically that you can see that happened between him and you when you were younger and how that has resulted now of the work that you've done? You know how people are like, well, this happened, so this is why I'm like that. 
Oh, yeah. And flipping that and saying, this happened. This is why I was like that, but this is the lesson I learned. Yeah, absolutely. I that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it, it's easy. Again, that's that's the victim part of it. It's very easy to go, well, this happened to me, so this is just the way I am mm -hmm. because of this. But do you have a specific thing that stands out? No. No, not really. Not a specific thing. You know, I, I remember, honestly, I remember being seven or eight years old in my backyard and, like, imaginary fighting him. And at that age saying, I'll never be like that. Hmm. So, yeah, I remember it. I, like, it's like I'm there right now when I, when I think about it. But again, like, yeah, I know he was just doing the best he knew how to do. So, and, you know, the forgiveness is there. And so, and he's passed away. So there's no way for me to go physically see him and reconcile, but it's fine. You know, I've forgiven in my heart and my soul. So that's where it is. But still that void was there for my father. And, you know, I was, this was not until probably a year ago where I was doing some writing, doing some journaling. And uh, I don't remember what exactly I was writing, but I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about gratitude and I was thinking about you know, where I am today and doing what I'm doing today. I was specifically because I was working on some stuff for Adaptive Training Foundation and our athletes. And I was just really in this mindset of gratitude for what I get to do on a daily basis and how I'm gifted the ability to help these humans do what they're doing. And I started thinking that, you know, if my dad would have lived, I wouldn't be here doing this. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I guarantee you I would probably still be in Louisiana doing something totally different, you know? Um, and I damn sure wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. And the hardest thing that I ever had to admit, and I said this to someone a couple weeks ago, and he was like, damn. I said, yeah, dude, that's what a big it? pill to swallow. Is it... I'm glad it happened the way it did. Mm. Selfishly, I wish I had my father. I wish I had him for me. I wish I had him for my mother more than anything else. But if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be getting to help the people that I get to help today, you know, and doing what I do at this level and feeling this sense of purpose that I get to feel. Um, but really in, in being able to pour myself into other humans and with, with the sole purpose of helping and healing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was weird. It was really, it was really kind of fucked up to have to, 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 to say that and admit it. Like, cause I, would I, it's like this, do I want him here? Yes. More than anything else in the world. Would I change what I'm doing for anything in the world? Absolutely not. So the title of this is from victim to Victor. Yeah. Victim has been thrown around a lot. That word, that term has been thrown yeah. around a lot in various different places, especially this past year. So could you, just for the people listening who might feel unsure of what, what does it actually mean? How do you, how, how do you act like the victim? So they can then become aware of that. Yeah. Well, with this kitchen, in this situation, it's, oh, I mean, I didn't have my dad. My stepfather was a dick. It was verbally abusive my entire life. That you know, when I from <laughs> zero to eighteen, and now, you know, you can't talk to me this way because this is how I was talked to then. 
So I'm triggered by it, which is normal. That, that's a traumatic response. But taking those lessons and learning from them, what, what don't allow that situation to dictate you. Define you. And it doesn't define you. It's just, it's a, it is an event that happened. What can I learn from this? Damn, it sucked. And I wish it would have been different. But I know that my mother is resilient as hell. My mother is the one that taught me how to change a bicycle tire. My mother is the one that you did all the things for me. So I look at that woman and go, thank you. And appreciation. And appreciation to, to him as well, my stepfather. He did take care of us. You know, he, he worked hard. He paid bills. He, he took care of us at Christmas time. Like it was, it, was, it was good. Could it have been a lot better? Yes. But if I'm able to, if I'm able to look at the, the good things and see what did go well, it starts to, it starts to push away those negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just one part of it. Um, the other story I shared with our friend that we were taking through this uh, this journey last last weekend was, you know, if you if you look at me and when you see pictures of me, you'll see, especially when I start to get a tan, you'll see that my left eye looks like I've got a black eye underneath it. And you can probably you can see it in really any video or picture of me that you look at, and that's a titanium plate and seven screws from where I got jumped in 2004 in my truck and shattered my orbital, shattered my nose. I had to have my nose reconstructed and it was just this whole massive ordeal. And it was pretty bad. <laughs> you know, um, that's when my mother found out I had tattoos. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually more, more upset that my mother found out I had tattoos than what happened to my face. <laughs> but that trauma was pretty rough. And from that, after the trauma, I was working with some clients, my personal training clients, and they were very, they're very into holistic living and natural medicines and healings and such. And she wanted to gift me a, a cranial sacral therapy session with her neurological chiropractor. I was like, sure, because I had been studying. I'd recently started studying holistic nutrition. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'd love to go. Thank you. And that's where I met, met my first mentor, Dr. Peter Gillette here in Dallas. And that started, that literally opened the door to what I do now, to understanding and studying natural medicine, natural healing, holistic modalities of healing the human body. And I really dove into it. From that, because of that, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and studied holistic nutrition and integrative medicine for years. And from that, I dove into mindset, psychology, meditation, et cetera. And here's where I am today. So that was your jumping off point into. Yeah. So again, it's funny because it was one day when I was writing down something, I was writing, I think a meditation or just this mindful thing. And I was thinking about, again, what I'm doing at the Adaptive Training Foundation and what I'm doing just in general in this whole mindset space. And this was back in 2017, I believe, maybe 2018. Yeah, 2017. And I thought, Hmm. You know, if I would not, cause I, we were, we were, we were out at a club. I was with some friends. So my cousins were there and we were just slamming drinks all night long, dancing, having a good time. I don't remember any of this. I don't remember going to my truck. I don't remember getting jumped. All I remember is waking up in the emergency room with a collar on my neck and them telling me, if you don't stop moving, we're going to tie you to the bed. Jeez. Yeah, it was rough. So I started thinking about it and I thought, you know what? If those guys would not have jumped me, because I was in my truck. The, the, the valet guy gave me the keys. And I was in my truck going to drive home. 
I don't remember this. Could it be because of the concussion? Sure. But regardless, I don't remember. What would have happened if I would have gotten my truck and drove, drove, driven home? I could have, I could have wrecked. I probably would have wrecked. I could have killed somebody. I could have killed myself. But I could have killed somebody else. You know what I mean? So I thought about that. And in the moment, I thought, my God, thank you. You know, thank you, two guys who jumped me in my truck. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Because of you, because of that incident, I'm here today doing what I'm doing. Well, and that goes back to your biggest teachings is it's because of this I'm able to do yeah. X, Y, Z. Not in spite of. Yeah. And that's the thing. You know, that, and that's, that's one of the things we talk, we teach our, our adaptive athletes at, at ATF is that, look, it's not, don't, don't become better in spite of your adaptation, your spinal cord injury, your, your neurological disease, your amputation. This is now your opportunity to really see what your true superpower is. It's because of these things that you're going to be able to impact the people around you and the world around you in such a greater way. So, you know, for me, that was a huge eye-opening realization that I went from being the victim of an attack to victorious because it led me to doing all the cool things I'm doing today. And if I wouldn't have had if I wouldn't have been in the space of doing meditation, doing breath work, doing mindset, doing journaling, I would have never had that realization. You know, I would, it would have never happened. But because I spent time working on these things, I was able to see that. And, you know, that's, that's where we are. And I've got, I have more stories <laughs> like that, but those are, the, those are the, the primary ones that were the ones that I saw as, the jumping off points, if you will, to me being who I am today. And it could have gone a vastly different direction. You know, I could have, I could have become an, a, an alcoholic drug addict because I hated my stepfather and, you know, he left us when I was 18 and did all these things. And we, cause we see that, we go, oh, this is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna latch on to this. You allow it to take you down. Yeah the rabbit yes. hole into the darkness rather exactly. than seeing something that, hey, I get to change this. Right. I don't want my life to spiral down mm-hmm. and be filled with hate and due to those types of <laughs> things that for your <laughs> yeah. for yourself too. Yeah. It's it's the people around you and for yourself. If you go spiraling down what uh what is the misery loves misery company. Misery loves company. Misery yes. love com- loves yeah. company. And so people often think, well, you know, I've, t- I've talked to a couple people who, who they wake up and they say, you know, I'm already in a bad mood waking up. Yeah. And I don't know how to change that. Mm-hmm. So it's looking at these different pieces of your life and saying, what is there something that I can be grateful for immediately when I wake up? Because like you've said before, it completely changes the, the brain chemistry Yeah. when you start thinking about that. So if you're spiraling down, what are those anchors? Right. That can bring you back. Those people that can bring you back. Mm-hmm. And then start to use those in your daily life more and more and more. So then you, you can learn these lessons, mm-hmm. anchor them in, and then continue down the path of working with your life. Yeah. Rather it, than against. And one of those anchors, the primary anchor is gratitude. 
you know, it's scientifically proving that if proven that if you can begin to think and be in a state of gratitude, the more you do that, the more you start to rewire your neural pathways. And that's how you start to become and behave. So instead of thinking, I wake up in a bad mood, I wake up depressed, I wake up sad, I look and understand that, it, look, if you need help, call me. <laughs> this is what I get to do. Or call somebody else that you trust. But, you know, this is part of the process. It is going to be uncomfortable. If you've thought and acted a certain way for decades, yeah, it's going to feel weird to go into gratitude. But I guarantee you that the more you do it, you are literally creating new neural pathways and new thoughts and ways of being. It's like learning to walk all over again. Mm-hmm. And it will happen for you. You create the new canyon. Yeah, the more, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And then that becomes your new reality. Um, look, and I tell you this, and you can ask my mother, you can ask my sisters, you can ask my, my best friend, Delane Jenkins. I was the most <laughs> ill-tempered son of a bitch you will ever want to be around. I had a, such a short fuse, and God have mercy on your soul if I lost it. Not so much physical, but I'm going to verbally destroy you. And I don't give a shit what I say. The more damage I can do to you, the better. The better. That's how I was. That's how I operated. And I hated it, but there's nothing I could do about it, you know? At the time. At the time. And I still catch myself, you know? It's not as rare that it happens anymore. But when I do catch myself starting to react, I just, I'm aware of it. And that's the thing, man. It's the awareness of the behavior. It's not that it's ever going to go away. And it's not that when you do have those reactions or you do have those moments, you're like, well, I guess it doesn't work. I'm, this is just how I am. No. If you have the ability to be aware of it, you have the opportunity to change it. It's the it's the practice. Yes, so you're it's not going to be practice. great at baseball right when you start it. No, everybody sucks at everything when they first start. So expect for this to be a challenge. But man, I promise you if you do this on a continuous basis, it will get easier. It will get more natural. It will get more fluid. It will begin to flow. And this is how you will get and operate. And when I catch myself now, almost about to lose my temper or behaving or starting to behave in those old patterns, I literally just become aware of it, catch myself, and now I'll just kind of laugh at it and be like, oh, hold on, <laughs> redirect, mm-hmm. let's go this way instead, you know? And that comes down to the choice. A yeah. lot of people say, well, this is just who I am, and they roll, they, they deepen that hole. This right. is just who I am. This is just how I am. Yeah. And if you actually want to change that, it takes what you're talking about. Is it takes that awareness yeah. to shift that. And then it takes the practice to continue to create those different habits. Exactly. Well, listen, you can, you can change your genetic expression. That's the science and study of epigenetics. You can turn on and off genes. So I've, I've, I've talked about this ad nauseum in my other podcasts and over the years. My family history is riddled with heart disease, high cholesterol, type 2 diabetes. I've got none of that because I take care of my body and I control the way my genes are expressed. Now, if I don't take care of myself, if I'm stressed and if I eat poorly and I've got a bad mindset, you're damn right. It can switch and it will switch. And that's been scientifically proven as well, that you can turn on genes or turn off genes based on your thoughts. This isn't just in the air stuff I'm saying here. This is proven. So you see, at the cellular level, we can change who we are. So it just takes practice and it takes a bit of work. 
And it takes doing it with gratitude, with understanding, and just being where you are with the situation. Here's where I am today, and here's what I can control. Here's what I'm going to control. You write it down. When you have moments, like you challenged me earlier, what did you say? Like, write down your thoughts through the course of the day. Explain that. That was pretty badass. Okay, this isn't mine. This is a friend of mine, Kimberly's. And what she's talking about is being aware of the thoughts that you're thinking. And a lot of times people will say, well, I've tried affirmations. I've tried positive thoughts or I've, you know, I pray or I ask the universe this thing or I do the vision board and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And what she's saying is write down the thoughts that you think throughout the day. And this takes some practice because you have to remember to write down those thoughts. But when you find yourself speaking negatively about yourself, when you find yourself saying, I couldn't do that. I can't do that. I'm not good at this. I don't want to do that. That's, Mm -hmm. this is stupid. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Those, those thoughts that fall more on the negative side, write those down and just become aware of that talk that you're, you're speaking to yourself. And then you'll realize, oh, that positive affirmation that I said five times in the mirror was seconds compared to all the thoughts that I thought throughout the day yeah. that are negative, that are against me, that are worth self-doubt, self-sabotage, procrastination. All of that adds up. So mm-hmm. it's like, um, like I was telling you earlier, so if you think of your brain and your neural patterns like a canyon, so they've been going the same thought patterns for centuries, 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 or in this case, human years. Yeah. And the river has created such a deep crevice, it creates the canyon. Right. And then we start thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out. I'm going to try gratitude out. I'm going to try journaling. And we do it a couple times. I'm like, oh, no, that didn't work. It didn't work for me. Well, you just started a trickle. Yeah. That trickle hasn't even become a stream to even be a river. Right. So it's through what we were just talking about, the practice mm-hmm. and the constant, okay, this is, I'm getting better at this. I'm getting better at this and better. And so you create a new canyon, but you can't create a new canyon in a day, right. in five days, in yeah. a month. It takes years and years and years in practice. And just like you're talking about where you still find yourself in this, in a, a loop, and you right. become aware of that or you become aware of that rage and you laugh at yourself. Right. Same, same with myself when I start having that doubt come in. I'm like, oh, or I used to have terrible road rage. And now those thoughts come into my head. I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah. Let's get in. Never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. So it's, it's building that awareness muscle. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they say that it's been researched as well that 80% of our thoughts are spent on things that we don't want to do. 80% mm-hmm. of our thoughts during for a day are spent on what we don't want to do or things we don't want to happen. So again, like what you just said has been validated in studies mm-hmm. because you can spend five minutes practicing gratitude, create a vision board, but if the rest of your day is spent being pissed and wishing things were a different way, you're just, you're missing, you're, you're not going to get there. Right. You know? That's where procrastination, self-sabotage, right. self-doubt come in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's the same thing with, you know, when they talk, when, when we talk about exercise and working out, like if you go do a really hard workout for 45 minutes or an hour and you spend the rest of the day sitting down and not taking care of yourself, you've almost negated that workout. They've done research on that as well. So, you know, it's about what you do throughout the course of each day, every day. So it's a continuation. It's a process. It builds and, on each other. Yeah. And, and that's, look, in, in, in the hunt and prosper, 
That's the hunt. You get to hunt for what do I get to do today? What can I do right now? What am I able to control? And then you do that thing. Hunt for it. Think about it. Write it down. When you catch yourself in all of those negative thought patterns, my challenge to my clients is I want you just to become, I do the same thing. I want you to become aware of when you're thinking something negative. I want you to write it down. Don't try to fix it. Just write it down. Mm-hmm. And then after they've done that for a couple of days, then I say, okay, here's what I want you to do now. Now I want you to do the same thing. Write down those negative thoughts, those worries, those concerns, the stress, the anxiety. And then right underneath that, I want you to stop for a few minutes, breathe. And I want you to think, what can I do about this right now? What can I control? Not this is their fault, not it's this person or whatever. Don't blame other people. What can I control? Just like what we talked about last time with the four feet around you, mm-hmm. right? Same thing. Um, so, and that's, 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 again, you're hunting for a path. You're hunting for what can I control? And then you do that thing and then you continue to do it. And you do it with gratitude for having the opportunity to learn. And that's the awareness. And that's where you become who you want to be because of that situation. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. Oftentimes, if it wasn't for that situation, that situation is the catalyst for you to make the change that you needed to make. Think about it like that. So instead of saying, why me? Why not you? Because you get to learn from it. That's why. You know, and that's a hard pill to swallow. You know, I, hell, I don't want to swallow it sometimes. But now I understand. I don't, you don't, you don't have to understand it in the, in the moment. But just realize that, what can I control right now? And then go back later and go, oh, yeah, this is why. Yeah. Because oftentimes it's not going to show itself the purpose in, of the, in, in, the, in the middle of the process. It's just there to, 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 to test you. To shine light on. To shine light on possibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. what you get to work through. Yeah. And then understand it. There's been lessons and things that I've worked through, and it wasn't until a year or so later that I realized, I'm like, oh, okay, that was, that was this lesson. Yeah. That is exactly what I learned from this specific lesson. Mm-hmm. And one of the, it, it kind of goes along with what you're saying, and I think it's a really great thing to practice as like a, um, something that's easy. So people who, who this might be very new to mm-hmm. and might be a little daunting, something that you can do just to ease into it and dip your toe in a, a little bit is a lot of times when we go to the grocery store or we go to spend money, we're like, Ugh, okay, that's, that's some cash out of my bank account. Right. And we have this, I know for a while I did. Mm-hmm. Every time I spent money, I regretted it. I felt bad. Buyer's remorse. Buyer's remorse. Yeah. All of that. And so this practice is going to the grocery store. You give them the money. You put your credit card in the little thing. And you say, thank you. Hmm. Thank you for the ability to buy yeah. this food. Yes. You know, thank you for taking thank <laughs> you for taking this money because now I get this delicious food. Yeah. Thank you. And you, you are grateful that you are giving your money. And so it starts this cycle. Yeah. I, yeah, you know, I, I I learned to do that a couple of years ago myself. When you know, like if if something went wrong with my truck or this unexpected bill came in or something like that, that's significant, you know, hundreds of dollars, sometimes you know maybe a thousand dollars or so, and you're like, 
same thing. Like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. But then I was able to look at it and go, you know what? I'm grateful that I have the ability to pay for this. I'm grateful that I, I can stroke a check for whatever it was and just mm-hmm. let it go. Is it making a dent in what I have in my account? Yeah, but I've got it. And that's why it's there. Thank you. Because a lot of people don't have that, you know? So, and that's, that's, this, that's the mind shift. Because you can't take it with you, you know? So me worrying about it, me stressing about it, when I don't know if I'm going to wake up tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why not just be happy that I can take care of it now? Right. You know, and I, and I know a lot of people aren't in that situation, and I'm not either for some things. You know, but when I'm capable of it, when you're capable of it, that's how we choose to be. And it's a choice. That's the thing. Like it, it's, 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 it's a conscious choice for you to say, I choose to be appreciative, grateful, and happy instead of being a victim. Mm-hmm. Why me? Why? You know, like Bob, like you, if you guys that, that follow us, follow me, you've probably seen the video if you haven't. I posted a video a while back of Bob Barker, our ATF athlete that just went through our last class. I'm wearing a shirt with his beautiful face on it right now. But Bob was had uh, had cancer. He battled cancer for 25 years. And during his cancer battle, they did a bone marrow transplant. And the bone marrow transplant attacked his soft tissue, which just, it basically ate all his muscle away. So Bob looks like a skeleton almost. When he came to our class at ATF, he was so frail and weak. He hadn't worked out literally in two and a half decades, 25 years. And his first victory, his first milestone where he was able to ring the bell for a personal record was standing up without falling over for 90 seconds. And, but Bob had the best attitude. You know, we, were, we asked him one day, we were like, Bob, are you sure you can hang with this program? He's like, I need this. Mm. I have to be here. I'm like, done. Then you're going to be here. And... You know, if you saw the video that I posted, it was four minutes long of him trying to do a step up on a 20-inch box. And he was getting frustrated with himself because he was failing. He was failing over and over again. And I, was, I said, Bob, when's the last time you stepped up on a 20-inch box? 1984-ish? And he chuckled. He's like, yeah, probably. I'm like, okay, then why are you getting mad at yourself right now for not being able to do this? After you've been battling cancer for all these years and, you know, it's destroyed your body. It cost you half your lower leg, you know? So... And he just, so he persevered. He pushed and pushed and pushed. And it took him 65 times. Mind you, Bob is 65 years old when he started this process, when he came to our foundation. At, on his 65th try, he stood up on that damn 20-inch box. Mm, and, I remember watching the video. Yeah. <laughs> the video was... Tear-jerker. Exactly. <laughs> but and I, I share that with you because Bob was not a victim. Does he feel... Bad? Does he wish things were different? Yes. And understandably so. I mean, shit, who wouldn't? Everybody would. But he also is able to put that aside and see what he can do right now. Mm-hmm. Perseverance you know? in the moment. Yeah, in the moment. Be in the moment. And Bob has, has flourished because of that. You know, that he recently found out that he has cancer in his other foot. And, but his language and his mindset around how he's dealing with this cancer is next level. I mean, this man is dialed in on his mindset of how he's going to beat this. Not if, not I hope, I'm ready, and I'm going to beat this. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So here's a man who spent two and a half decades battling this disease, came back, started getting strong. Here it is again. What does he do? 
Is he going to become a victim of it? Hell no. Bob is already victorious because of the way he's going through this process. And he's going to heal and he's going to get through it. He's going to do so much better because of his mind. And we all have the capability. You know, we all have the, the capability to, again, choose. Do you want to be a victim of the circumstance? Or do you want to look at that circumstance as here's an event that happened. Damn, it sucked. And here's how I'm going to make it. I'm going to use it to my advantage. Mm -hmm. Choose. Choose that path. I think even thinking about it in terms of how can I use this to my advantage is a really great shift. Instead of, okay, what's the lesson here? Going down that, like trying to figure it out in the moment, but really switching the language and your thought pattern around how can I use this to my advantage? Or even, or even, you know, thinking about it, like, I'm going to use this to my advantage. Mm -hmm. I don't know how now, but I'm going to. What And what I'm going to do right now in this second is this, and then do that thing. And that helps with anxiety as well. Slowing down and saying, okay, what do I have control over? Mm -hmm. What can I do right now Yeah. to move this forward? Yeah, because, yeah exactly. Because when I, when I talk to people and I do presentations on fear and on stress, that's one of the big things we talk about is, you know, because when people feel the emotion of anxiety or stress or fear, they think something's wrong. When in actuality, it's there to serve you. Everybody feels stressed, anxiety, and fear. That's never going to go away. But what happens is we think, well, I should be fearless. And when, I, when I'm working on my mind, I'm working on my breath, I'm working on my gratitude, but I got really stressed out and anxious today and I got scared, so it must not be working. No, it's going to be there. It's what you choose to do with that that matters. That is the ter determining factor. Well, it's also, and it's, it's good to note the more you get into this and the more you start working on the the pathways firing together your language everything it's going to get more difficult yeah because your test it's if think of it as testing yeah your tests are going to get more difficult because you're expanding your toolbox you're expanding your perception you're expanding your abilities and that every every new test is going to get a little bit harder because it's going to keep moving you outside of your comfort zone and you get to choose if you're going to stay in your comfort zone and be the victim or if you're going to step up and choose to lean into that uncomfortable space and continue to move forward. Right. So it's it's when people say, oh, I thought this was going to be easier. Hell no. It's, it's never going to get easier. Your toolbox is going to expand yeah. though. There's just a greater awareness and you have a bigger toolbox to pull from to make the correct and to make the better choice to take a better path. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's about. I had, uh, I forget who exactly shared this with me, but it was a good perspective of, you know, we talk about, especially in what we do, is peeling back the onion layers. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just going a little bit deeper and peeling back those onion layers. And then you think you've dealt with something. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years, a couple of months, it comes back. And what they, what this person shared with me was it comes back, but now you have a different perspective. Yeah. And now you can deal with it in a different way. And so you, as it keeps coming back, you continue to excavate it. Yeah. And excavate and excavate and excavate. And at some point, it's going to be so minimal that it's not even going to bother you anymore. Right. But it's, you know, we think that, 
oh, I've already dealt with that. <laughs> and now it's coming back again. What's going on? And it's, you have that toolbox to pull from. You have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. You can learn a new lesson from that. I've had multiple instances coming back up, especially this year in 2020, where I was like, what in the blue jeans? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to curse. I've already done it multiple times. Okay. <laughs> what in the blue jeans? Where does that even come from? I don't know, but you know that I... God, I love you. I have oddball <laughs> expressions made in the moment. Uh, what was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> Are you not listening to me? <laughs> of course I'm listening to you. That's what I do best is listen right, to you. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, anyways, expanding that toolbox. Right. And, you know, 2020 proved to be very, very difficult. And then you just, you're able to pull from yeah. all of all mm, of the things. That's a good segue really quick too is 2020 because that's the deal, man. You and I talked about this a couple times, multiple times. Like, Were you a victim of 2020? Or did you get to learn in 2020? What did you do? Was your default to go buy a whole bunch of toilet paper and wish things were different? Or did you get your shit in order? You know, like what did you get for your house? Mm -hmm. What did you get in case everything went down? What did you prepare for? What did you prepare for? You know, we've got non-perishables. We've got, we've got, we've got, we've got rice. We have beans. We have things that if shit hits the fan, we're ready. You know, a lot of people didn't do that though. A lot of people, and not even just the physical stuff, the mental side of it, like being isolated, being at home alone, or being home with your with your significant other. I mean, we moved in together as soon as Dallas shut down. So yep. we were in a one bedroom loft together the whole pandemic, and we just started. No wall, by the way. No wall, with no wall, yeah. The, yeah. the closet and the bathroom had a wall. The closet and the wall, yeah. So, but it, it, that's the thing. Like, what what did you do in 2020? How did you respond yeah. to that, or how did you react to it? You know, or did did you find yourself in a more depressed state? Did you find yourself with suicidal thoughts? Did you find yourself having any of those negative emotions or thoughts or tendencies? And it's not wrong. It's right. just something to be aware of. Bingo. Not saying that it's wrong at all. It's saying be aware of that. And now you have an opportunity to make a different choice if that's what you did. You know, so. And that's a great lesson. And that's, that's the cool thing. Like coming from the, you know, bringing this thing full circle again with what everyone has just been going through. You have an opportunity to become better because of what we've all experienced over the last 12 months. Right? Mm -hmm. It's your choice. You can choose. No one can make you feel a certain way. No one can make you anything. It is your choice. You choose to be a victim or you choose to be victorious. It might take some work, it's gonna take work. But again, that's what we get to do. We help people through that stuff. Yeah, know? yeah, I think, by the way, side note, on another show you should talk about the choosing to react. Yeah, Yeah. Well, exactly, well, and that, that well, that's, that's the whole part, that's part of being, that's part of being victorious, is when you identify your triggers, you identify what triggers me, what sets me off, and realize that it's nothing to do with the person or the situation. It's you. You get to own the fact that this is your reaction. You get to control that. Figure out why. Do some work. Do some journaling. Do some writing. And start to create a pattern of behavior and a way of thinking to correct that, to make a better choice. So, again, it, it, it takes time. It takes work. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. So... My challenge to you, listeners, 
is number one, the question, how did you respond over the last what well, eight or nine months? What'd you do? And what can you learn from that? Mm-hmm. What can you learn because of what happened, not in spite of? To be better for you, first, to be better for the people around you, second. Because you gotta you gotta you gotta fill your cup first and then everybody else. Be victorious. Be victorious for you. And when you're victorious for yourself, then the rest of it will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's really, I think I just landed the plane with that. Smooth, smooth yeah. landing. Smooth landing. No bumps, no turbulence. Just didn't realize we went from air to ground. Really? How about that? You didn't? That's how smooth it was. I don't know about that. Yeah. I felt some bumps. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the listeners decide on that. Listeners. We appreciate your comments on how amazing we just wrap this thing up. So, Impeccable. yes. But and, and seriously, though, like if you guys need help with these, if you are struggling with this stuff, reach out. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me. This is what I do for my profession. Reach out to Kirsten. This is what she does as well. So, you know, we're happy to help. We're happy to hop on a call and just have a conversation with you and point you in the right direction. Um, Because, again, this is what we get to do with our lives is Mm -hmm. help people recognize where they might be stuck when sometimes you you can't see it yet. You need some help and guidance. So reach out to us. Um, We'll be more than happy to help. Or if we can't, point you in the right direction. Refer you to someone who can. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're here to help. We're here to serve. That's what we we were created to do. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, again, tell people, Kirsten, where... Where they can find you and what you have going on. You got some. You have a really cool program that's about to start for women. Yes, yes. You can find me at Hunt and. Nope, that's, that's me. You. <laughs> Here we go. Rewind. Uh, Huntress, Huntress. And, Huntress and Co. dot com. Also on uh, Instagram at Kirsten Asher Huntress. You can find me there. And January third, I have a ninety day mastermind starting for women to go after what they want it's 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 similar in really stepping into that powerful woman who gets to go after what she wants and bring in the curiosity and creativity and really make this a full-bodied experience where Mm -hmm. you can step into your true essence as a woman and still be powerful and strong at the same time yeah so it you know accountability we have an app that's specific for huntress where there's workouts and meditations and breath work and um we have uh, a training course that we're gonna take everybody through too so mm-hmm. it's it's definitely a full-bodied experience and yeah. something that's gonna completely shift somebody's life love it. they're gonna have that full-on accountability and and it you is. have um your own yeah i've got my own mastermind out. as well it's starting january 4th because January 3rd is my birthday, so I don't want to start this mastermind anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I did think about that. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm not mad, bitter, or angry, upset at all. I am grateful. I'm going to write See, that I'm on my Sunday vision board. I'm a Sunday starter. Right? Um, anyway, I digress. But yeah, I've got a mastermind that's starting as well. It's a 90-day mastermind for men. It's going to start on January 4th, and it's similar, where we're going to dive into all the things that... You know, like I don't, I don't dig the whole toxic, toxic masculinity and or healthy masculine. Like men were meant to be men, 
and also don't be a dick. You know, so that's basically what it's about. It's about teaching men to to express themselves, to understand the the, the need for journaling, the need for meditation, the need for working out and being prepared for an emergency situation, the need for communication with themselves and also with their spouse, their wife, their significant other, their family. Like men, when's the last time you looked at your wife, your girlfriend, or even your your best friend and said, "Hey, I love you," without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. Just and, a, and not a setup. Yeah, not a setup for anything, you know. So it's it's taking guys through that community, that communal, tribal man uh, process where it's going to be twelve dudes, and we hold each other accountable on a weekly basis with what we're going to be going through, what I'm going to be challenging them with, and they're going to be paired up with another guy, and they're they're going to challenge each other and be accountable to each other on a daily basis. So you know we often fall victim to our own demise, especially when we're left without any accountability. So this program is making you accountable so that you will sharpen the sword of the other men in the program. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about it. I've got some solid dudes lined up that are already joined. I've got uh, nine spots left. So if you want more information on that, you can uh, email me, mo, mo at hunt-prosper.com or just go to hunt-prosper.com and click on the mastermind class. And you have yours on your website as well at huntressandco.com, right? Yes. Perfect. Yep. You can sign. You well, you can apply. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We you have to apply to these. We're not just yeah. going to let you in. We have, to, we have to make sure that that you're really in the right mind space for to do this and, and ready to go. And so committed. And committed, committed for is the sure. Biggest part. Yeah. So anyway, that is it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening and supporting us. If you have again any questions, if you have something you want to share with us, reach out. Let us know, and we'll be more than happy to help you out. But until then, get out. Whatever you want, go hunt for it. Go get it. Mm.